We all can't help but wonder what adventures lie just over the next ridge. A Nissan Rogue, Nissan Pathfinder, or Nissan Armada will take you there. If you're taking on your adventure in the 2024 Nissan Rogue, class-exclusive Google built-in is always your updating assistant to call on for almost anything. Along with Assistant, Google Maps and Google Play Store are built right into the 12.3-inch HD touchscreen infotainment system of the 2024 Nissan Rogue. Nissan's SUVs have the capabilities to take you where you want to go. Learn more at NissanUSA.com. Got my Prevna 20 shot. It's a pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. For us wise folks, it helps protect. I'm 19, strong. And asthmatic and at higher risk. Get vaccinated, but, but nothing when grandma speaks. Grandson listens. 19 or older with chronic conditions like asthma, diabetes, or chronic heart disease, or 65 plus, you may be at higher risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. Prevnar 20 can help protect you with just one dose. Prevnar 20 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 20 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Continued approval may depend on a supportive study. Don't get Prevnar 20 if you've had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with weakened immune systems may have a lower response to the vaccine. Side effects include pain and swelling at the injection site, fatigue, headache, muscle, and joint pain. For full prescribing information, please call 1-855-213-2138 or visit Prevnar20.com. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about getting vaccinated with Prevnar20, even if you've already received another pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. The following ad is sponsored by Pets Best Insurance Services. Pets come into our lives in many ways. Shelters, breeders, or unexpected encounters. But no matter how you found your pet, they become our perfect match. Unfortunately, finding the right pet insurance plan can be hard. That's where Pets Best comes in. With a little information about you and your pet, Pets Best will recommend a plan that meets your needs and budget. Visit PetsBest.com to learn more today. Your perfect pet deserves the perfect coverage. PetsBest.com Conair is spreading love and celebrating women, not just on International Women's Day, but every day with Conair Girl Bomb. Girl Bomb is their new line of powerful hair removal tools made just for us. Yeah. Whether it's the silky smooth skin or the empowering confidence boost you get, Conair Girl Bomb is here to amp up those positive vibes with some self care. So, to all the beautiful women out there, keep shining, keep being you. And treat yourself to some Conair Girl Bomb magic. You deserve it. Available at Walgreens. Take a deep breath in through your nose. Hold it. Now release slowly. Again, deep inhale. Hold. Release. Repeating internally to yourself as you connect to my voice. I am deeply well. I am deeply well. I am 
deeply. Well, I'm Debbie Brown, and this is the Deeply Well Podcast. Welcome to Deeply Well. I'm Debbie Brown, and this is your soft place to land on your journey. This is a podcast for those that are curious, that are creative, and that are ready to expand in their higher consciousness. This is where we heal. This is where we become. Welcome to the show. Today's show, woo, been looking forward to this one. Our special guest today is a really amazing being that has committed themselves to a path of service in a variety of ways. AJ Rolan is an investor, an entrepreneur, and a community builder. Prior to Slauson & Co., AJ was a founding partner at Queensbridge Venture Partners. With a keen focus on brand building and storytelling, AJ's passion lies in identifying trends and engineering culturally aligned brands. A lifelong Angelino and graduate of UC Santa Barbara, AJ has established a business portfolio grounded in community. His most recent collaboration, Hilltop Coffee and Kitchen, has become a staple, facilitating productivity and collaboration in diverse neighborhoods across Los Angeles. In 2012, AJ founded Hashtag Lunchbag, a grassroots movement that has fed 1 million plus hungry and unhoused people in 150 cities around the globe. Whew. He went on to establish the Living Through Giving Foundation, a nonprofit platform empowering the creation of programs, engaging diverse groups of people to contribute to various causes in their local communities. And everything that I just read doesn't even scratch the surface on who he is. Welcome to the show, AJ. Thank you for having me. Wow. You're my friend. I've known you for a really long time. I've always been incredibly impressed by and inspired by you. But I have to say, reading out your bio for the very first time was, wow, wow, wow. Where do I begin? It's really interesting, AJ. You you have created, you've built a lot. And though everything that I just read kind of puts you in a powerful position in a multitude of diverse industries, like some of the things that I just listed, right? Like venture capitalist, right? Working in tech, working in investment, working in finance, working in philanthropy, creating, you know, some of the programs that you've created that give back to the world and being a restauranteur you know, building really powerful restaurant brands. Like we also didn't scratch the surface in LA, especially LA natives and visitors will remember this, but like the parlor and, you know, having different, having the parlor in airports and having, you know, your restaurant Hilltop, um, which I'm a proud investor in, um, having Hilltop expand the way that it has and really become. And for those that follow like, you know, the legend Issa Rae, you have seen her a part of this brand for the last few years and, and really seen the immense impact that that has had in all the communities that it operates in, being this space, this hub of creativity and deliciousness and delight and revolution. You know, one of the things that I see that is the common line through all of the various ways you express your creativity is being of service. 
what is the philosophy of your life? Um, well, first off, thank you uh, again. Oh yeah, for let's the, start there. Uh, okay, thank hi. you for uh, <laughs> the incredible intro. I think even hearing the bio uh, is, is something that you know, as as we do the types of work that we do, it's easy to get lost in the day to day execution and, and management, and you know, seeing all of the the ideas through. So it's grateful to be mm-hmm. in a space where. Um, not only am I doing it to hear and reminded of the work and, um, you know, through somebody else's buttery voice, <laughs> but also, you know, have the ability to, to share and hopefully, you know, contribute to, to what it is that, you know, that you're building that I'm also a very big fan of. Um, but in, in terms of your question, in terms of what is my operating philosophy, uh, I, I kind of boil everything down to this, this phrase of, you know, feeding people. Um, you know, whether, and, and, and I wish I could say that this path has been a you know, very extremely well thought out execution against some master plan that was almost certainly crystal clear from the outset and has been executed flawlessly and beautifully with very little, you know, with, with the utmost confidence and very little self doubt. But yeah, the, the operating philosophy is I, I, I feed people and, you know, connecting the dots going back, I guess the past decade and some change kind of stumbling on this um, realization that that service is really the reason why we're all here mm-hmm. um, so when I when I say feed people and I think about these three different buckets that you've kind of you know perfectly encapsulated and laid out it's you know between um, you know investing and um, philanthropy and, and hospitality and the restaurant business feeding people you know starting backwards with the hospitality business we, we, we feed people as a business model <laughs> we mm-hmm. provide quality product um, in an amazing environment that is conducive for connection and community and we are feeding people in exchange you know it's the product and the good and the service that we provide in exchange for that value um on the philanthropic front, you know, we are, we started off with this program that, uh, focuses on, you know, as the obvious focus is around food insecurity and creating awareness around homelessness. So we're effectively feeding people that may not necessarily be able to feed themselves in, in that moment. And, um, while even providing the people that are volunteering their time and their resources, the opportunity to feed an inherent need that I believe and we believe mm-hmm. we all have within each and every one of us, which is, you know, something that there's 170 religions in common. They only really have one thing in common, which is, you know, love your neighbor and, and help them if they need help. And, and be, you know, so there's no real mm. giver and receiver in that transaction. Um, you know, we believe we provide people the opportunity to be of service and, and that way they're, they're feeding their own humanity. And then lastly, through this, you know, latest venture with Slauson and Co., um, I believe that, you know, when our, our focus around this idea of economic inclusion and, and providing opportunities for a wider variety of entrepreneurs that come from backgrounds that have just historically not given the look mm-hmm. um, or had the opportunity to have their perspective represented in the products and the services that we all consume, um, we're, we're in a position to be able to feed people capital uh, and provide scaffolding and resources and, and expertise that we have access to, to the entrepreneurs that we invest in um, to build you know, the next Google or Facebook or Uber or something like that. So, mm. uh, but yeah, when I, uh, when I lay up at night, you know, uh, staring at the ceiling, wondering how the hell I got, you know, so lucky, but also, you know, uh, the, the journey that we've been on to kind of get to this point. And then obviously all of the goals that we've set for ourselves, um, the feeding people and being of service is kind of the core imperative wow. of everything. Wow. Wow. 
I know I jumped out the gun with like the biggest question of the interview, right? <laughs> Shocker. <laughs> I, ju- I, I was just like, well, let's start there. Your life's philosophy. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's interesting. And my show is, a. I always do my show probably a little more intimately, um, maybe than most. Um, and I like when I do have on the show people that I genuinely know in a deep way. I like to lean into that, right? Because this is also any any quote unquote content that's created. I look at it as my living legacy, your living legacy. Like this is a living history, a breathing kind of organism that is existing of who we are, what we stand for, you know? And when I think back to you, you're someone I've had the privilege of being friends with um, without dating us too far as we creep up that ladder. But, um, you know, we've had the, I've had the chance to be friends with you for over a decade. And I remember, and I don't know how the universe brought this together, but I remember sitting with you and we've lit, we had previously, we're both from Los Angeles, but we had been living in different states for a vast majority of our friendships. So whenever you and I would get the chance to be in community, it would be maybe once a year, I'd be in town, like, okay, let's grab lunch or, you know, and I was thinking as I was thinking of you coming on this show, I remember having lunch with you right before you launched everything you said on this list. Like, I remember being able to be a witness for those things and the way that God aligned our paths for me to be a witness and an audience to you sharing the passion behind what you were about to build right before you built it. So I remember that experience. We, I remember we got gelato right before you launched Hashtag. And I remember you telling me about the experience that led you to that point and this breakthrough thought that came in about wanting to feed people. And this is even before we found ourselves really deepened in the crisis that we are um, in Los Angeles with with all of the things happening with our unhoused community. And um, And I remember you describing it to me and then you just started it. And like it instantly became this powerful, powerful movement that not just fed those in need of a nourishing meal, but feeding the actual soul and spirit of the hundreds of people that would show up as volunteers and then watching that spread. And I remember at, I was living in Houston at the time. I remember, you know, meeting someone saying, Oh, we got connected with this big movement called hashtag and we're going to do this thing. And I was like, my friend built that. Like what? You know, and then, and then being able to say today on paper that you have positively affected the lives of well over a million people since you launched that. Right. So that's one memory. Then I remember sitting with you. And you hit me when I had just moved back to LA and you're like, meet me in Inglewood. I'll be here. And I was like, okay. So I get in the car, I meet you in Inglewood. We go and sit for lunch and you pulled out a napkin. And on the napkin, you drew out the concept for Hilltop. And you told me the vision and you told me what you wanted people to feel. This is before there was any funding for it. And you're like, and actually walk with me down the street because this is where I think I want to do it. So we're just walking down the street and you point it out. And I see it come to life through your voice. I see it come to life 
through that napkin, through your vision. And now to shoot forward several years later and you have expanded monumentally. There are, how many locations do you have now of Hilltop? Uh, we just opened our fourth location and we have a fifth one that's going to be opening in a couple of weeks. Wow. And you know, you get to see powerful living legend voices like Issa Rae's championing, championing this place, also an investor in the business. And, you know, shoot, you know, you're seeing it featured on television. You're seeing when I go visit a hilltop now and I just walk in as, as a guest looking to order and I see people coming to life within themselves as they're sitting in there, as they're eating this delicious food, but being in this spirit of creativity, I mean... I'm just like, wow, my friend, you know, like this ability that you have because of this philosophy you've just described, this intention to serve and the way the universe conspires on your behalf with your vision to serve not just like a small group, but like millions, you know, it's just, it's just profound. And I hope you know that. I hope you know how you're being seen. I hope you know the effect that your life is having on so many people. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's interesting because, you know, all of these things do exist and they exist in the way that you just, just said. And when I, when I kind of think back on, you know, the, the, the two things that have thoughts that I, I just contemplate often. Um, some I, I state pretty publicly on a regular basis, but if, if, if you can look at each individual and you can, if you believe the statement that your lived experience is your competitive advantage and it's something that gives you a unique perspective. Mm -hmm. And then if you couple that with the idea that a lot of the things that we get to experience or products or services or nonprofits or whatever the it is, um, you know, I also have a firm belief that a lot of the best things that exist in the world exist because whoever, you know, was a key driver of those, you know, things existing, a lot of that comes from a lot of personal passion mixed with a lot of pain that people have kind of, you know, experienced and, and channeled into their creations, into their experiences. And that's certainly something that that's true for me. And it's something that, um, you know, something that I, 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 consistently have to pinch myself with when I, when I wake, when I think, when I truly sit down and take inventory of all of the ways that I get to spend my time, the people that I get to spend my time with, the conversations that we're having, the things that we're willing into existence, the people that we're enrolling into the, the journey, present company included, um, you know, uh, I wish I could say I was like just swimming in gratitude. It's often, you know, lost because you're focused on, I, I got to make it. I can't let people down. I got to execute. Why isn't this look, you know, but I, I think that, you know, um, a lot of the things that, that, that I get to work on today exist and they can't, and a lot of the things that, that when you said you vividly remember the early stages of these things, uh, these things were all born within a relatively short window. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, whether it started the very first when we were able to successfully, you know, purchase our first restaurant uh, to when I made my first angel investment that turned into, you know, eventually my first venture fund to the moment that my my therapist required, re re recommended that I go out to volunteer as a way to cope with some personal shit that I was going through, yeah. which led to the, and a lot of them, quite frankly, were, were impulsive. You know, uh, one of the, there's a word that you always kind of uh, label me with that is equally like humbling 
and um, makes me a little uncomfortable is you you and, and and I and I appreciate it is you know you refer to me as a wizard mm-hmm. and a lot of those and I'm not saying that in a way but when I think about that word and I think about like a lot of the things that exist in my life including like my beautiful family which mm-hmm. when I think about everything that exists in my life I, I look at it through the lens of giving has given me everything that I've got and everything that I've done has almost been impulsive with is very little thought, which is not something that I would recommend anybody do when choosing a life partner or starting a family or starting a business. But for my journey specifically, it was, I don't, I can't really take credit for any of it, if that makes any sense. And that's what's kind of channeled my belief in a higher purpose and a higher power. And it's honestly the main thing that kind of keeps me going like day in and day out. Something that you that you just mentioned is, you know, some of the ways that pain can fuel. How has pain expanded you? I think, you know, something my wife has, has said to me, who's, uh, you know, the polar opposite human and like we're the perfect people for each other. I hope I'm as good to her as she is to me. But it's like, there's like this statute of limitation on like your childhood trauma. Right. It's, it's what you kind of choose to do with those experiences, the things that may have, may have made you feel not worthy or unlovable or, you know, in my case, you know, like there's only a matter of time before people find out who I really am and they're going to abandon me. These things that, you know, fester in our minds that, you know, might have been true at one point that were used as a survival tactic mm-hmm. that, you know, um, I wish I could say everything that I've created came from a pure place of wanting it to exist for the world to enjoy. That's certainly a major part of it. But, you know, if I'm if I'm being completely honest, a lot of it was, a lot of these things were created, a, a good chunk of my intention behind them in the earliest stages were needs for validation. And like, you know, and, and, and being able to have the ability or the types of friendships that I, I mean, we've seen each other through multiple iterations of each other. You were not this person that I sit in front of that I get to talk to on a daily basis that I get to learn from um, in your current form when I met and, and vice versa. And to have the pleasure of having a front row seat to somebody's growth, to see how they consistently level up day in and day out and year in and year out is an absolute was an absolute joy and it's inspiring for me, you know, when, when, you know, being honest and vulnerable and transparent and aware of what, you know, what is all of the competition, comp, uh, composition of the intention that goes into any given project mm-hmm. and being able to be honest with that, with the people that I get to collaborate with, um, even though it might be uncomfortable, even though it might seem, you know, it's, it's a, it's a liberating, it's a liberating thought and it's a liberating feeling. And I, and when, you know, all of the things that you mentioned now, they all make sense. Now there's almost like, you know, a friend of mine said, came credited me the other day. It's like, you've kind of built this perfect flywheel for your life. And it's almost like these three buckets where you, you spend your time are seemingly could not be more different Mm. from each other. Mm. But the way that, you know, we get to orchestrate or, you know, Speaking in the first person, I've been able, unfortunate enough, whether I intentionally did it or not, to orchestrate my life and where I get to spend my time. All of these things now holistically 
are tied at the hip and benefit from each other. Mm-hmm. And, you know, whether you're comparing, you know, selling a cup of coffee or providing somebody hungry with a meal or cutting a million dollar investment into an early stage startup, it's all the same shit. Mm-hmm. And it's all coming from the pl- same place. And that's something that I get to be grateful for on a daily basis. Are you all about the NBA action? You've got to try Pick 6, the newest fantasy app from DraftKings, an official partner of the NBA. Right now, new customers can earn a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 in Pick 6 credits when you deposit $5 or more. Getting started is simple. Just download the DraftKings Pick 6 app and sign up with code TBE. Pick at least two players and choose if they'll have more or less of a stat. Like, will they score more or less than 30 points or have more or less than eight assists? Lock them in and compete against others for a shot at huge cash prizes. Download the DraftKings Pick 6 app now and get started with code TBE. New customers can earn a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 in Pick 6 credits when you deposit $5 or more. Only on DraftKings Pick 6 with code TBE. The crown is yours. One offer per new customer. Minimum $5 deposit to receive a match of up to $100 in Pick 6 credits. Non-withdrawable and valid for Pick 6 use only. Expire after 180 days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 18 plus in most eligible states. Age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. Pick 6 not available in all states. For up-to-date list of states, visit dkng.co slash pick 6 states. Void where prohibited. See terms at pick6.draftkings.com slash promos. We all can't help but wonder what awaits us around the next corner. What new roads are left to be discovered? What adventures like just over the next ridge. Push beyond your current limits and find out. A Nissan Rogue, Nissan Pathfinder, or Nissan Armada will take you there, where the road leads you and even where the off-road makes a way to. If you're taking on your adventure in a 2024 Nissan Rogue, class-exclusive Google built-in is always your updating assistant to call on for almost anything. Whether the adventure is about the destination, the journey itself, or both, your SUV will match your tenacity mile after mile. And no matter how far you wander, you'll remain tethered to home without the need to connect to your phone. Along with Assistant, Google Maps, and Google Play Store are built right into the 12.3-inch HD touchscreen infotainment system of the 2024 Nissan Rogue. Every one of Nissan's SUVs have the capabilities to take you where you want to go. The world is waiting to be discovered. What are you waiting for? Learn more at NissanUSA.com. Got my Prevnar 20 shot. It's a pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. For us, wise folks, it helps protect. I'm 19, strong. And asthmatic, and at higher risk, get vaccinated. But But nothing when grandma speaks. Grandson listens. 19 or older with chronic conditions like asthma, diabetes, or chronic heart disease, or 65 plus, you may be at higher risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. Prevnar 20 can help protect you with just one dose. Prevnar 20 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 20 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Continued approval may depend on a supportive study. Don't get Prevnar 20 if you've had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with weakened immune systems may have a lower response to the vaccine. Side effects include pain and swelling at the injection site, fatigue, headache, muscle, and joint pain. For full prescribing information, please call 1-855-213-2138 or visit Prevnar 20.com. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about getting vaccinated with Prevnar 20, even if you've already received another pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. Are you ready to share some joy and celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's has partnered with iHeart for Women Take the Mic, treating you to the most uplifting and empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. 
And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&Ms, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So grab a handful of that creamy deliciousness, kick back and spread some positivity into the world from smashing glass ceilings to breaking records in sports on stages and at the box office. Women are crushing it in every way imaginable. And with peanut butter M&Ms by your side, relax and keep listening to women take the mic podcasts as you dance your way through inspiring stories, share laughs and savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&Ms and the unstoppable force of women. Happy International Women's Day. Deeply well. What's so interesting about what you said is that it it illustrates so perfectly, I think, God's intention for how purpose is meant to move in our lives, right? And it's like, it is anchoring into the value. It's anchoring into the the greater philosophy that we come to based on our life experience and connecting those experiences with our skills, with some innate gifts, a lot of blind trust, right? Like a just kind of a, a tenacity of spirit. But then when you tap into that purpose, purpose is never one thing. It's a vehicle to everything, you know, purpose having those three different, and this is just some of it, y'all, but having those three different like buckets that I kind of activated at the top of this episode that we've been speaking to, you fit perfectly into all of them, even if all of them don't have to fit and make sense with one another, because the guiding piece is the purpose. It is the tapped in ability you've come to within yourself mixed with vision, mixed with creativity um, and resilience. And then you serve in a multitude of capacities. <sighs> How's that feel? Pretty good. <laughs> it's great to hear. I mean, and, and, and the cool thing, and I, I, I'd say, you know, everybody's, we're, we're all watching our own movie and we're all more the same than we are different. And if you, you know, if you're a human being that cares about the contribution that you, you, you get to make to this world during your short time here. Um, it's, it's a, it's a long journey and a painful journey and one that, you know, you should always proceed with caution with because it's something you and I talk about, like once you kind of have that realization that there's more out there, mm-hmm. that there's a place that you can come from that is coming, you know, through this lens of like who you actually are versus who it is that you think other people want you to be and trying to fit into the mold. I think yeah. there's a significant yeah. percentage of the population that kind of falls into that bucket. But if you, if you, if you recognize that there are bigger opportunities for you, if you, th- if you recognize that you are worthy of those opportunities and if you're, and if you accept the fact that, you know, it's not going to be pretty, um, and you decide to, you know, embark on that journey of knowing, uh, the thing that sucks about knowing is once you know, you can't unknow. Yeah. And then you're in this kind of like purgatory vibe. You know, the thing you and I were talking about the other day is I think I've spent a lot of time accumulating a lot of knowledge Mm -hmm. and, you know, whether it's reading books or going to different like 
uh, you know, whether it's a Vipassana meditation retreat or something else. And it's like, you're, you're filling up your toolbox with all of these tools. And sometimes you kind of conflate that with the wisdom of actually implementing those tools into every single thought that goes through. And that shit is painful. Talk that talk. And you're, you're, you realize that it's also that purgatory is also like that part of the journey. Right. And it's like, yeah. you know, being patient and wanting to get there, which is wherever there is, or like this supreme state of enlightenment or yeah. success or the bag that you think that you deserve that you don't have yet. And all of the low frequency things that are pre-programmed in you from that pain that we talked about earlier, that you're like, oh yeah, I'm still unlearning that. And then being patient with yourself. And I'm, now I'm going on a tangent, but I no. think, I think it all, and all that to say is like, you know, you do take the time to like be patient with yourself. Um, you know, don't shit on yourself. Don't shit on other people. If they're not on the same journey, don't judge. You know what I mean? It's just like one day at a time. Can I tell you the visual um, display that was happening for me inside as you were saying that? Please. It's, it's, and this is something I, well, you know, <laughs> this is something I probably speak about every day, but I definitely speak about it on this show. It's like taking the elevator down from your head into your heart, mm-hmm. right? Like there, sometimes we can get so focused on, you know, what we are collectively calling the healing journey right now. We can get so focused on the acquiring of tools and then we want to put them in this nice, neat toolbox and we're all walking around carrying a box of tools all day, right? Like we decide to instead hit get rid of the chip on our shoulder, but carry a massive toolbox on our shoulder that we're not opening. So we have all of this intellectualized information. We have all of this knowledge and we don't allow it to become wisdom that emits from us because we're not choosing to actually open the box and take out the tools and hold them and use them in real time, you know, and that's the piece that significantly changes everything. It goes from the, oh yeah, yeah, I know that. Oh yeah, I read a book like that. Oh yeah, 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 because that theory says this and da, da, da. And it actually becomes a thing that you're not talking about because you're living, breathing mm-hmm. it. It's pouring out of your cells and your pores. And, you know, and and that's the that's the part I wish for everyone to have the immense pleasure and freedom to come into. That's the part that shifts it all. And it takes time and it takes concerted effort. It takes real practice. You know, that that's the deeper layer of the experience of healing. It's, okay, I have the knowledge, but now let me also live it, which brings up a lot of things because then you get triggered as you're trying to live it and you have to meet those triggers with an immense amount of care and Mm -hmm. Mm self-compassion, an immense amount of disarming, of tenderness, you know? Um, Yeah, and it it can (laughs) certainly get frustrating, right? If you're not, so I'd say, you know, another thing that we have in common is we have, you know, young, we're parents to young children. Yeah. And among the lots of, and, 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 you know, again, if, 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 if you choose to go down this path of, you know, for me, I, I made a commitment early on when my daughter was born that, you know, whatever my generational shit is stops with me, which is an, a completely other 
added weight that you kind of put on your plate, but that's probably the the most important one because you mm-hmm. are able to kind of like look back and recognize, though well intentioned, you know, our, our our parents only knew what it was that they that they knew, and they got yeah. that from their parents and so on and so forth. And as as amazing and societal influence, like yeah. we can't we can't not speak to the fact that even our parents doing our best, they are still at the mercy of what the collective consciousness is, Mm -hmm. what society is allowing for any and all of us. And what's beautiful, I think, about our generation, and, you know, maybe I live in a bubble, but it feels like, and maybe I'm just more blessed than others because I've, you know, created a sense of authentic purpose in everything that I do that's kind of filtered out the people that aren't asking the questions that we ask. But, you know, to be able to raise a young child and we all know that when they get to a certain age they have a lot of questions Mm -hmm. and it really forces you to (laughs) kick the tires on your understanding of like basic and having there's nothing more humbling than have to than having to explain something that you thought you knew you know whether you know whatever it might be it could be something very specific and objective to something that's more philosophical but either way they're going to ask you until they get an answer and we get to check our what we truly understand or what we thought we understood and how we want to reframe that information mm-hmm. at the earliest stages for our children to have to frame their worldview to make sure that they're you know uh, you know learning how to learning yeah. thing concepts like gratitude or being present two things that i am not those are not my default setting right those are two like I am not wherever I am. I am not there the majority of the time. And the only thing that I have is I am, I am aware of that. So I get to go through that super meta process of like analyzing my thoughts, thoughts and realizing, you know, where I'm, where, you know, so that's a whole nother thing. But I think the, the, the ability to, 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 to choose to go down that path of parenting in order to, you know, at the very least, incrementally save your your offspring some some of the shit that you had to go through, mm. while not holding it against your parents. Yeah, because in uh, them doing the best that they could have done given the tools that they had. So yeah, or um, holding whatever you want to hold against, but yeah, creating space inside so that you're alleviated for whatever internal suffering may be present. Mm-hmm. You know, um, hmm. On this winding road that this pathway I'm seeing in front of me right now, where I would love to start is, tell me a little bit more about Slauson & Co. Sure. Um, So Slauson & Co. High Level is a early stage venture capital firm. It's rooted in this idea of economic inclusion. Um, It was started by myself and uh, my good friend of over 20 years, Austin, Austin Clements. Um, Both of us grew up, you know, in, in South Los Angeles. Um, you know, spent a lot of time together in our high school years, um, stayed in touch, both of us completely separate paths. Uh, he's a lot more direct and intentional, um, into this world of venture capital. Um, and then both of us growing up where we grew up and often kind of congregating at various like life events for friends and family members, always kind of catching up in that specific lane, but then also independently doing, sharing our philanthropic work and supporting, you know, I shared some of mine. His was more, you know, specifically focused on the tech and the venture capital community here in Los Angeles and and, and challenging people to think more inclusively Mm -hmm. and to implement practices and and throw through 
primarily through his role being the founding chair of a program called Pledge LA, which was partnered with the Annenberg Foundation here in LA. But, um, you know, it was something that we had always, when, whenever we would get together, they always thought about this massive opportunity, um, to invest in entrepreneurs that didn't necessarily fit the Silicon Valley mode, that didn't go to Stanford or were a Caucasian male. Yeah. The majority of this money, I think 80% of it at least goes to white men in six uh, geographies. So our the, 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 the thesis that we would constantly kick the tires on was that innovation exists outside of this demographic in these geographies. And we built, we believe that with our experiencing, uh, our experiences working at the, you know, starting a firm like Queensbridge Venture Partners with some incredible close friends that are still close friends to this day to his experience working at a firm like 10110, which is a extremely successful Los Angeles-based firm um, and kind of combining the things that we cared about mm. to formulate something. Um, and we've been able to get some incredible investors involved in, behind what, what we do, um, you know, from some of the founders of the, the largest tech companies over the last two decades to luminary investors that have been, you know, first institutional checks into products and services that a lot of us interact with on a daily basis um, and kind of entrusting us to kind of become that bridge between the institutional knowledge that has fueled the innovation that this country was built on over the last, call it 50 to 100 years, but then all being authentically connected to the communities that we want to unearth this next generation of like Mark Zuckerberg's, mm. if you will, um, from and provide them with the same opportunity. Um, you know, you can't catch what you can't see. And I think that we're building a brand in the market that is built on trust, uh, authentic connections to the the people both on the institutional side that want to help but might not socially be connected to the communities that they want to impact and being authentically connected to the streets that we came from. I mean, damn. Yeah, it's pretty tight. <laughs> wow. I had the chance to spend time with... um some really incredible companies that you're invested in uh, this past summer. Shout out to Austin. What up? You guys had a Slauson and Coast summer camp. Mm -hmm. So you took over this really gorgeous property um, in the forest. And we, I came up and I led some meditations and we frolicked in the forest. Um, that was one very lovely like I think everyone just as adults we need to make more time for like interesting field trips like that to mm. just like go to be together with trees you know <laughs> yeah that was, that was a really cool experience I mean that was really boring where our firm is only you know we started in January of 2021 so we haven't in the grand scheme of things we haven't been around that long but you know we've yeah. We have an incredible team and, you know, uh, we're still very much in the experimental phase where we have ideas that of things that we think might be cool ways to bring our communities together and have some sort of, of like a culture clash or something that's not necessarily like, you know, the norm. Um, and, you know, the idea for creating a Slauson summer camp was kind of rooted in this idea of like, we, we, we started our firm, like still very much in the pandemic, everything was very virtual and the bulk of the relationships that we had started, you know, b both with the, the limited partners that invested and trusted us with their capital to be stewards of their capital, to, to find these founders and these companies that were, were backing, um, you know, we just didn't have the opportunity to to spend much time in person. And I think as we kind of went down, 
you know, the path of building these relationships and, you know, we position ourselves as somewhere between a coach and a cheerleader for the founders that we Mm. back. And, you know, you, you, you're on these, these Zooms all day long. There might be like that random, like three or four minute Zoom. I mean, time left at the end where you're just like, so how are you? Like, what's going on? And then you'll hear stories like, oh, well, I'm getting a divorce or my child won't talk to me or explain some sort of loss or some just shit that you had no idea that they were going through, which, by the way, is everybody. (laughs) And, you know, you're also reflecting, you know, a lot of these conversations we're getting off the phone. We're like, that person is dope. Like I very reaffirmed the decision to partner with them over this long journey to build these big companies. And, you know, they're exceptionally good at these things. And you start to in aggregate, you know, to date we have 32 companies in our portfolio and that's 32, you know, sets of founders. I think it's somewhere like up to like 50 people that are actually in charge of (laughs) what, you know, what they're building. And you really, you, you know, maybe it's not something you see in finance often, but you, we take a very holistic approach to the human. It's like, well, if, if you're going through some shit in your personal life, that's going to affect what you're doing in your professional life and how you're showing up as a leader and how you're executing yeah. against your plan. So it's not completely altruistic, but it, we, and we, we do have, we do care about, you know, the, but it's from a strategic standpoint, it's like, well, what if we, you know, created something in like a, summer camp format that we're all familiar with that kind of takes us back to our childhood. What if we rooted it in this idea of self-care and wellness and disconnecting from the daily grind of, you know, startup life? And, you know, who do we know that is really dope that already does shit like this, Mm -hmm. which is, you know, clearly the best person on the planet is Debbie Brown. And, and, you know, how can we (laughs) convince her and her awesome, a partner in crime to come kick it with us for a weekend and like, you know, reconnect with ourselves. So fast forward, we were able to do that. We're extremely grateful, you know, to have you there and to kind of like set the tone. But I think one of the, I would say, unintended consequences that we were kind of hoping would happen is that folks would just organically connect with each other and built a community of dope people that were all at similar stages of their startup life, but all had very different lived experiences that led them to to build whatever product or service that they were looking to build and change the game with, but also very specific things that they were good at that other people could use help with and then build this organic community, which we're, we could not be more proud of the quality of human. We're reminded about the quality of the humans that we backed, reminded about the things that they're building that exist in the world that have massive economic opportunity, um, but, you know, impact the human narrative in a more positive mm-hmm. and equitable way. And by the way, we, we don't see that as charity or, you know, an impact orientation that implies some sort of concessionary return. We think that this is the next wave of generating tens of hundreds of billions of dollars of wealth for the people that we back, for the people that they employ at the earliest stage. Because if they're successful, there's a lot, you know, as we've seen over the last 10, 15 years, there's a lot of people that have become very wealthy, but that percentage of the, you know, through the innovation, primarily through the development of these new technology companies. But if you actually look under the hood of who gets to participate in that wealth, it's not representative of the wider society. Mm -hmm. So when we go back to why we exist, it's to, you know, 
have that perspective represented in the market. And then hopefully we can create a standard moving forward where other people view this as a massive opportunity the way that we do and, you know, want to follow suit. One of my favorite things before I move us into space, I'm very excited about. Uh, one of my favorite things when I when I came up for the retreat, I think, where were we? We were in like near Yosemite. We were in Red, uh, like the Scotts Valley, which was like in the Redwood Forest. Yes, we were in a Redwood Forest. It was glorious. Um, I love, listen, find me in a forest. Um, one of the things that I loved is I remember on the first day, we came down for dinner and it was like the introduction and, you know, I just kind of planted myself with everyone. Right. So I, I was sitting down at a table and everyone was trying to work and eat while we were in the center of a forest. Right. Like everyone was just so connected to still the grind, which is to your point, a big part of why you wanted to take everyone out to the forest. So I remember the first conversation at dinner was just, okay, who do you, who are you? What do you do? How do you do it? This, what I do, like everyone dove immediately into their elevator pitch. And then I sat there and I was, I think I was making people a little uncomfortable because I was like, oh, hi. Yeah, I'm just existing. Like, you know, <laughs> what's going on? And then by our last day there, you know, seeing the real deep magic of what, you know, remembering that you're a person too, outside of what you're currently contributing, how you're currently serving, or ways that you're currently trying to scale. Like watching that remembrance come over everyone as they are building some of the most incredible companies, you know, and and executing massive visions. But then seeing that conversation come back into being one that was more soul-led and watching people open up at the tables and talk about their families and really just talk about what brought them pleasure, you know, seeing people run out to the hot tub parties at night and, you know, then taking walks in silence during the day. And it just, for me as a teacher, it was just very, it was so beautiful to watch that um, begin to pour over people. Because to your point, what's the point of any of it if you can't be a whole person? Mm -hmm. What's the point of all the cash, the accolades, the any of it? If you don't feel good about who and what you are inside, if you're not able to slow down enough to be present with your experience in real time, you know, a lot of people I think right now have been, especially, you know, with social media and with us being in some of the more hustle culture that we're coming out of, especially for the last decade, this hustle entrepreneurial culture where it was kind of like, I'm an entrepreneur, you're a nine to fiver, we're at war, like we're judging each other, we're this. It, it was just, it's been fascinating to watch, but coming into the space where what does any of it mean? What does any of it mean if you're not connecting to the experience of being a spirit in human form? You know, that's the point. Um, so you recently had this very cool experience and I'm talking about it because you posted it on your Instagram. So share as much as you feel comfortable with. But uh, yeah, this really awesome experience to have dinner and be in community with, I mean, what what are the descriptives of this being that has changed the course of human history um, with Barack Obama? With yeah. our forever president, Barack Obama. And you had quite an interesting um, backstory to this as well that kind of made it not just an exceptional moment, but also a full circle moment. 
what was that experience like with you? Yeah, it, it was, um, you know, obviously the work that we're doing with Slauson & Co. Um, I mentioned we had some really incredible like day one advisors. Uh, and, and one of those, one of those is, is a man named Ron Conway, who's like a legendary, you know, Silicon Valley figure, um, early investor in like some of the, the biggest companies of the past, you know, three decades plus. Mm. And, and, and someone who is incredibly just legendary in every aspect, not just as an investor, but as a human and as a connector. Um, and, you know, um, he was hosting a, a, a founder summit up in, uh, San Francisco. Um, and, um, was going to be interviewing, you know, President Obama as his kind of keynote chat. And we yeah, offered us an opportunity to, 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 to meet with him, um, for a short period of time. Uh, but privately alongside Valerie Jarrett, who's a day one advisor who, you know, we've had the pleasure of getting to know over the past few months. Um, and, and more so through the lens of learning about the work that they're doing with, with the Obama foundation and, and sharing the work that we're doing. It's Lawson and Co. Um, you know, uh, film, you know, philanthropic a lot of ways on that side and more for profit on our side, but nevertheless rooted in a lot of the same values. And, you know, the, the purpose was really just to, you know, to share and to, and to listen on, on both sides. So, uh, if nothing else, it was just, uh, another, signal of validation that we're on the right path and we're mm -hmm. building, you know, and you know, obviously have the, the utmost respect for, um, what, uh, that team, Valerie and President Obama and that entire administration and even beyond the time in the White House has, has done for the world, both tactically through programs and policies, but also just through the representation and the intention and, and the fact that you can demonstrate such a, cool and charismatic style of, real, <laughs> of leadership, you know. We all can't help but wonder what awaits us around the next corner. What new roads are left to be discovered? What adventures lie just over the next ridge? Push beyond your current limits and find out. A Nissan Rogue, Nissan Pathfinder, or Nissan Armada will take you there. If you're taking on your adventure in a 2024 Nissan Rogue, Class-exclusive Google built-in is always updating assistant that can be called on for almost anything. Whether the adventure is about the destination, the journey itself, or both, your SUV will match your tenacity mile after mile. And no matter how far you wander, you'll remain tethered to home without the need to connect your phone. Along with assistant, Google Maps and Google Play Store are built right into the 12.3-inch HD touchscreen infotainment system of the 2024 Nissan Rogue. Every single one of Nissan's SUVs have the capabilities to take you where you want to go. The world is waiting to be discovered. What are you waiting for? Learn more at NissanUSA.com. Got my Prevna 20 shot. It's a pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. For us wise folks, it helps protect. I'm 19, strong. And asthmatic and at higher risk, get vaccinated. But, but nothing when grandma speaks. Grandson listens. 19 or older with chronic conditions like asthma, diabetes, or chronic heart disease, or 65 plus, you may be at higher risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. 
Prevnar 20 can help protect you with just one dose. Prevnar 20 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 20 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Continued approval may depend on a supportive study. Don't get Prevnar 20 if you've had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with weakened immune systems may have a lower response to the vaccine. Side effects include pain and swelling at the injection site, fatigue, headache, muscle, and joint pain. For full prescribing information, please call 1-855-213-2138 or visit Prevnar20.com. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about getting vaccinated with Prevnar20, even if you've already received another pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. Are you ready to share some joy and celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's has partnered with iHeart for Women Take the Mic, treating you to the most uplifting and empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So grab a handful of that creamy deliciousness, kick back and spread some positivity into the world from smashing glass ceilings to breaking records in sports on stages and at the box office. Women are crushing it in every way imaginable. And with peanut butter M&Ms by your side, relax and keep listening to women take the mic podcasts as you dance your way through inspiring stories, share laughs and savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&Ms and the unstoppable force of women. Happy International Women's Day. You're ready for a comeback. And with Purdue Global, you can do more than take classes. You can take charge of your story, of your career, of your life. Earn a degree you can be proud of and get an education employer's respect. It's time, your time, not just to go back to school, but to come back and move forward with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. Deeply. Wow. Someone with a lot of output, someone that has also shared that there was, you know, um, quite the climb to this life, right? Internally and externally. Quite the digging, quite the climb. How do you connect to joy and pleasure in this moment of your life? Um... Yeah, that's a good question. I think, you know, for me, it's just, you know, um, instituting all of the right practice. I think at this point, I just celebrated my 39th birthday. So I'm highly um, reflective of like what this next now 10 months is leading up to the next decade of my life. And, you know, um, we talked about the, the, the toolbox overflowing with gadgets and approaches and, uh, yeah. you know, really taking the time to slow down and to fi- find time to, you know, I, I think with a lot of the, one of the challenges when, you know, you take on the, the level of responsibility that we take on is, you know, um, making sure that there's time that you have dedicated for yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can be a better, you know, partner or husband or father or son or friend. And, you know, I think the the, the thing that I've really just, you know, in the early stages and still figuring out is just making time to slow down, you know, take care of my body, listening to my body, meditating, being mindful of my thoughts, not feeling, you know, like doing my best to not beat myself up for having thoughts that I thought that I wouldn't 
be thinking anymore after doing all of the work that I've done to date without realizing that this is an ongoing journey and I get to be grateful that I even have the awareness to notice these passing thoughts. And, um, you know, so I think it's the things that are, you know, making the time to be silent, you know, waking up a little bit earlier, you know, extending the time that I sit in silence and reflection, um, you know, being more gentle. I recently under, just over the last few months, I've been dealing with my, my first like real adult injury and like being grateful for that injury, that it happened the way that it happened when it happened. So now at this point in my life, where I'm still relatively young and, you know, have the ability to course correct some things I can, you know, so I think it's really just the, the, the greatest tool that's admittedly so the hardest thing for me to practice is that whole gratitude thing. Um, and, uh, but it's something that I, I get to remind myself of in particularly in these forms, in these conversations. It's so interesting to hear you say, cause you're actually one of the most grateful people I know. Yeah, it's hard though. And part of the reason of, of saying it and practicing it or even pretending like you're practicing it is to, you know, become it. Yeah. So live it one day. Mm. Mm. Today is that one day, but tomorrow might not be. And that's cool. Mm. Mm-hmm. Deep presence. Yep. At the end of every show, I like to ask my guest to provide some soul work for the audience. So soul work is, for those who are listening, a way to really deepen in their own process, their own practices that they're doing at home from your lens. So sometimes that can be done as sharing a practice or that can be done as sharing a prompt for self-reflection, something to really kind of have the space to sink your teeth into. Perhaps those listening might journal to it later, meditate on the thought, take a walk with the thought. So I'd like to invite you in this moment as we get ready to close out the show to share some soul work with the audience. What is something that they can take with them to practice and apply right now? A lot of what I've been thinking about these last few years is, you know, as I think about my ultimate goal and what I view as success and something that I try to strive for on a daily basis is like, I view what success to me is being 100% comfortable in my own skin 100% of the time. Mm -hmm. And I think that, you know, man, woman, whatever, however you identify or wherever you kind of come from, you know, being able to be yourself in any given scenario, in any given situation. And I think we've, you know, in this age of the internet and social media and social comparison being built into business models and, you know, insecurity being bred as a, you know, just through human psychology and us effectively being exploited by these different products and services that we, that do connect us in some ways, but then also have, you know, as we're starting to see, you know, uh, psychological detriments, you know, across the, across all age spectrums. The, the question that I am, or the, the statement that I'm constantly coming back to is, you know, your lived experience is your competitive advantage. And I think through the lens of the prompt, the question that I ask myself whenever I start to feel uh, any type of insecurity or regret mm-hmm. or doubt um, is if not me, then who? 
you know. So it, it's a it's a practice in confidence. It, it it doesn't necessarily it's not a practice in fake confidence. It does cause you to ask real questions about what it is that you're doing, uh, addressing certain aspects of fear mm-hmm. that you know. I think a lot of people refer to fear as fake, and I. To an extent, I agree with that. I do feel like fear serves a purpose. You know, going back to the beginning of this conversation is a lot of the things that exist quite candidly that I get to work on, at least my contribution for them, a healthy chunk of their existence is of my contribution to their existence has been my personal fear. Mm. <laughs> and I'm grateful for that fear because now these things exist. Now, mm. you know, so I don't know if I have like an overall headline or a specific prompt, but it's somewhere. Mm-hmm. in that but like yeah i think it's it's ultimately you know whether you're com- com- creating something that is completely brand new which is going to require you to be some level of contrarian and have to if life is a game of enrollment in that case you have to enroll whether it's investors or customers or whatever the product is the mm-hmm. end beneficiary is um or if you're just taking a spin on something that already exists that's a commodity and putting your own touch to it or applying your own layer of design or creativity or perspective or words and intention or the community you want to build around it, your lived experience is your competitive advantage. So, Yeah, that's really powerful. And what I'm hearing in that prompt and maybe for those um, connecting to our voices right now, it's what are some ways to reframe or amplify the ways you've been relating to your life's experiences to really see some advantage in it. Mm -hmm. For some of the uh, darker rooms, that that might be something you want to explore over the course of this next year or also explore you know, with someone that you may be doing um, some self-work with, but what are the ways that your life experiences are, have become, or can become your competitive advantage in your life? And competitive doesn't have to be professionally, but what are some of the ways that they get to emerge as gifts, as superpowers, as, you know, muscle memory, innate skills? That was the soul work. What came up for me as you made your declarative statement just now (laughs) was um, to the extent you can, I believe believe for me, um, in this exact moment, which is all that we have, this could very well change if I am driving in traffic and somebody pisses me off and brings out an old version of me, is I'm grateful for every single experience that has brought me up until this point. And everything as like minute as Mm -hmm. missing an exit or making a turn, Mm -hmm. the wrong turn, or, you know, like every little decision Mm -hmm. and action and interaction. And I'm not just talking about the good ones. I'm talking about the bad ones. Things that you thought were meant for you or somebody that you lost or everything that just seems like, God, why me? Why is this happening to me? Is, you know, if you, if you choose and if you can remember to like believe that all of the is relative. If there's no all, you can't have all the ups without the downs or the wins without the L's. 
I mean, it, it makes everything so much better. Mm-hmm. And it's so hard, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, it's not mm-hmm. because somebody can intellectualize it and mm-hmm. tell you, and you can get your gratitude journal, and you can write all of it down. But you got to practice that because that's the only way that it'll act. And, I, and all of the other things, somehow, everything just becomes enough. And then at that point, mm. more and more opportunity and the things that you like. But you got to put the work in for whatever it is that you want to exist, whether it's mm. like a partner, not like I got to find this very specific partner or I got to have kids by a certain age or all of these deadlines and expectations that we put on ourselves. Mm. I got to make a million dollars before I'm 12. <laughs> it's like all of it is much more. It's just a better experience if you can go through the exercise of implementing some sort of like I'm grateful for this right now in your life yeah 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 Mm -hmm. really beautifully said AJ thank you thank you for coming on this show thank you for the work that you do in the world thank you for the work you've committed to do on yourself which allows you to be the magnificent radiant brilliant being you are to all the people whose lives that you touch appreciate you thank you for listening thank you for joining i hope you'll connect to that soul work and we will be back next week namaste connect with me on social at Debbie Brown. That's Twitter and Instagram. Or you can go to my website, DebbieBrown.com. And if you're listening to the show on Apple Podcasts, don't forget, please rate, review, and subscribe and send this episode to a friend. Deeply Well is a production of iHeartRadio and the Black Effect Network. It's produced by Jacquees Thomas, Samantha Timmons, and me, Debbie Brown. The beautiful sound bath you heard? That's by Gerilyn Glass from Crystal Cadence. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Ready to celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's and iHeart present Women Take the Mic, sharing empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&M's and spread some positivity. From breaking glass ceilings to dominating in sports and entertainment, women truly are unstoppable. Got my Prevnar 20 shot. It's a pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. For us, wise folks, it helps protect. I'm 19, strong. And asthmatic, and at higher risk, get vaccinated. But But nothing when grandma speaks. Grandson listens. 19 or older with chronic conditions like asthma, diabetes, or chronic heart disease, or 65 plus, you may be at higher risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. Prevnar 20 can help protect you with just one dose. Prevnar 20 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 20 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Continued approval may depend on a supportive study. Don't get Prevnar 20 if you've had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with weakened immune systems may have a lower response to the vaccine. Side effects include pain and swelling at the injection site, fatigue, headache, muscle, and joint pain. For full prescribing information, please call 1-855-213-2138 or visit Prevnar 20.com. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about getting vaccinated with Prevnar 20, even if you've already received another pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. 
Land.com can help you find that little patch of ground to call your own and do all the hunting, fishing, and hanging out with the family you want. Just know that getting your own piece of land is something that can generate memories for generations, but also has the ability to generate income in both the near and long term. Like if you just want to start a rental business slash family compound. Go to Land.com and check out the hundreds of thousands of rural listings from all across America. Enough dreaming about it. Land.com is a place to find and invest in your open space.